0: About video
1: game. yeah.
0: All right, Nate Austin, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, people who are unfamiliar with Nate and your work, you are—are um, are you the founder of World Walker Games? I'm so sorry. This is just a, a very basic question right off the bat for you.
1: Yeah, so, so me and my wife are co-owners of the LLC. We have um, about six full-time employees now, so we're super small, and mostly actually family and, and a few other people. Um, my brother does most of the writing, and uh, I have a sister on payroll as well doing writing. So,
0: I I think it's astonishing to me how often you hear a story like this. Not that it's super often, but you do start to hear this more. Yeah. A very small team making a yeah, game yeah. that is having a... a you know global impact really at this point i mean uh world walker games is the maker of Wildermyth, which has been um a, a hit right off the bat and i feel like it's generating a lot of response from a lot of different people across gaming and it's made by such a small team it's a it's very impressive
1: yeah we're, we're super happy with um, the response obviously but um it was a long time in the making we've been working hmm. on it for about eight years um so just kind of Quietly improving it and testing it and you know, circling back on it. I think there's also some some strengths in really small, close knit teams. Like we started as a side project and because of that we could make big design decisions and changes that we wouldn't have had the liberty to make if we were a big company with a budget and a set time period.
0: So is that that nimbleness that's that's sort of like the the superpower of these small teams because it does feel I think so. yeah.
1: yeah
0: go ahead no 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 i i love it cuz it feels that they do they take bigger swings almost sometimes i feel because you're not beholden to shareholders or to you know a large team that's such a a big ship to steer that you're getting yeah. more creative games almost out of these indies
1: yeah 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 and i mean that's that's straight and you see that in uh, in hollywood too right in movies mm-hmm. where like smaller teams could do funkier yeah. things but um yeah, that's, that's where we like to be. We we sort of had the runway to do it, and we decided to, to take our shot. You
0: okay, said so the game was in development for eight years. Uh, what was the impetus for the idea of this game? I mean, obviously, the parallel that everyone makes is that it's a lot like D&D. So I'm wondering if you guys were big D&D players. Is that where this came from? I'm just sort of, what's the genesis of this idea, and how did it get started?
1: Yeah, we, we played a lot growing up, but um, sort of the immediate thing was that... Um, we wanted to make a game. We did a little game jam. We tried out actually a, a really different idea, but then at the time we were playing a lot of XCOM. The new XCOM game uh-huh. had just come out, and um, and we had also played a whole lot of a board game called Descent Journeys in the Dark, which is a sort of dungeon crawly game with with heroes and monsters, um, and both of those have strong co- tactical combat. And um, so yeah, we just we just kind of wanted to merge those two ideas. We take take XCOM, but throw away all of the you know, switch it over to fantasy, throw away all the support structure and the mm. council and the engineers and scientists and focus on just on the heroes. And that does put it into more of a D&D space where your heroes are the ones making all the decisions, they're taking on this responsibility themselves, they're doing their own research, they're, they're building their own stuff. Um, and it was just a more personal story. And then along the way, we sort of developed the procedural narrative stuff that would actually make it, um, pull it much more in the D&D direction.
0: Uh, I really want to get into all of that, but you did say something that I'm interested in. You said it started as a different idea at first. Can you tell me what that was before you landed on this one?
1: Oh, oh, we, I mean the, um, the original game jam that we did was uh, for uh, like I don't even know how to describe the game. It was um, you would start at this as this little robot, and <laughs> your spaceship had crashed, and all of the people were in like cryo sleep and you had to like repair the ship and pull them out of cryo sleep and build a little community on the ground and interact with the forest creatures. And that was going to be the game, but okay. we never, ended up, never ended up making that one.
0: Gotcha. So quite a bit different than wilderness yeah. ended up being, um, let's talk about the, the procedurally generated, uh, aspects of the game. Uh, particularly, I mean, the story is what everyone is raving about with this game. It's just so wonderful because it's so personalized when you play it. It is very much like playing a tabletop game. How did you build this system? Because I feel in lots of ways, if it's not revolutionary, and I do think it is, um, it certainly seems to have polished this better than other games who have attempted it.
1: Well, uh, we started with... um uh, there's a talk mm-hmm. by, uh, I think, uh, a fellow named Elan uh, who worked works or worked at uh, Valve on Left 4 Dead and uh, those sort of, that sorts of titles. And he had a, did a wonderful GDC talk on how they did procedural storytelling in their games in Left 4 Dead. And, mm-hmm. and um, that was a jumping off point for some of the things that we do he talked a lot about like situations contexts and targeting and that allows you to have a big bank of events that you can sort of fit to any situation that's actually happening in the game we took that core idea adapted it to fit our type of game because they have fixed characters that they're writing for whereas mm-hmm. we have characters who can have all these random personalities who might be any you know they might be male or female they might be attracted to men or women um and uh so we basically took that core idea twisted it to apply to our situation and then added another layer of of um variation on top of it with personality splits that we wrote into the lines themselves so now we have these uh, i call it like a library of plays where you pick a play to put on, and then your actors bring their own individual voices to the characters Hmm. uh, when they actually act out the lines. And that's how we get the variation.
0: Do you do improv at all, Nate? That sounds very much like improv.
1: Oh, um, it does. (laughs) I only did it a tiny little bit in high school. That's terrible.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like even people who are great at improv are a little bit terrible at improv. I'm sure. <laughs> it's extremely difficult. I,
1: I play D&D, which is the
0: closest I am. Yeah, I mean, that's that's basically improv for nerds, though yeah. improv is also improv for nerds, let's be completely honest. <laughs> uh, I, I think the, the storytelling in this game is just so wonderful. I'm just... Uh, I, I'm, I'm in awe of how it comes together because it feels so organic, and I'm just wondering... The work on your side, I mean, how many lines of dialogue have to be written with branching narrative trees, or does the system itself kind of fill those out. I, I I'm just uh, curious yeah. how it works.
1: <laughs> so we don't we don't do any generative text mm-hmm. It's all uh it's all written. I mean we do it in certain names and things like that. Mm-hmm. that you know, simple we'll, like replace. But um we don't do any like AI text generation. It's all written. We have four hundred thousand words wow several novels worth. Um and uh, in any given playthrough you only see a small fraction of those. So yeah that's um it's basically a ton of writing
0: is the answer. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you wrote Moby Dick like three times. Um, well, not
1: me, my brother, mostly. Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: um, watching the reaction of people playing your game, um, I guess, I mean, this is a, a many-fold question, but have you been surprised by any of the narratives that they've been able to flesh out, um, things that you didn't quite think were going to work out the way that they did, even though you built a system?
1: Oh, yeah, it's so lovely. Um, We'll see people like discover these little character details, and then build them into these whole stories of you know love and betrayal hmm. and and rivalry and all that stuff. And like, well, at some level, we put that into the game. The, the stories that they pull out—it's just uh, just fabulous to witness. It's stuff that we didn't really, you know, we didn't write intentionally, and that's hmm. that's the beauty of it.
0: Uh, with a game like this, where. You know you play it and it sort of builds on itself, and each time it's a it 's a different type of story um, still, people are wondering if there will be you know further content for this game in the future. I know that we 're not that far out from launch, but i 'm wondering if that is an idea that 's in your head at all is Is there going to be a continuation of Wilder in the future
1: for sure yeah we We have some content that 's on deck now, and we plan to build some more we 'll definitely be looking at d l c um, we don 't have anything to announce yet, but we're we're definitely working on it.
0: Uh, the other obvious question that I feel for anyone who starts on Steam is is that do you have any ambitions to get this game onto consoles or any other platforms?
1: We do, but it is going to be a big project because um, because the game is written in a custom game engine, which mm-hmm. is my fault. I was learning how to be a graphics programmer when we started, and um, so that's going to be a long process, but it is something that we are looking into, and I hope that, you know, in a year or, or maybe Year and a half or so, we should have something to
0: announce. Well, that's exciting. Um, when a game like yours pops the way that it does, what's the response like from? I was gonna say, I'm gonna say the community, I guess, but the industry also. I mean, what, what do you what do you hear back when you have something kind of blow up like this?
1: It's been really. Um Overwhelming and and heartwarming. I guess we've we've had contacts from a lot of, of studios and publishers that we admire who just want to congratulate us, and that's been really nice. Uh, it's been very validating for us on our you know on our journey out here in the wilderness. But uh, <laughs> um, to, to you know to 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 release something and have it actually be worth our time is is a big accomplishment in itself. But yeah, the response has been really fabulous. We're so grateful for that.
0: Uh, To backtrack just a bit and talk about consoles, you know, Steam Mm -hmm. is now... uh, Sorry, Steam. I mean, guess Steam, but Valve is now going to have its own handheld console with the Steam Deck. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, what does Um, that do for you as a a game developer? I mean, like, what was your reaction to hearing that news?
1: um, Well, are we going to run on it? I I think we will. I think we'll be fine. Um, So, yeah, we're really excited about just being able to... It'll be present in like more contexts in people's lives. I think it's. It looks like a fabulous little device. I'm excited to pick one up.
0: Yeah, I. I mean, little is a relative term, I guess. Well, I mean, I'm wondering the weight of it. Yeah, but it does look amazing.
1: I, I on a desktop most of the time. Uh, yeah. So.
0: Uh, that's another thing too, with games like Wildermyth and games that are on Steam and blow up on Steam, Steam is big and has a large user base and lots of people play on it, but compared to, you know, a Nintendo switch or PlayStation, it's a smaller slice of the overall gamer pie. Um, when you're creating a game and you decide to have it on whatever platform you're doing it, when you build it for PC, do you think about those things or are you just trying to build it the way that you know how to build it?
1: Well, I think that for a small team like us, I mean, like, like I said, we have, you know, six full-time employees, mm-hmm. Steam is more than big enough for a company our size, you know, a moderate success on Steam is enough to fund our company, and that's awesome. So, uh, it's, it's fine to focus on what you know you can do really well. Uh, I think for a bigger company where you have 150 employees and a budget in the millions, you need, you know, you're... You're obligated to look at every single platform and how you mm-hmm. can, you can maximize your audience. But for small companies, I would really recommend just like focusing on something you can knock out of the park. Uh, we do we do make a lot of effort to make sure that our game can be played by as many people as possible. We put a ton of effort into uh, clarity and um, I say accessibility, but I don't mean it in the uh, disability sense. I mean mm-hmm. it more in the um, in the sense of just any any gamer can can pick up the game and be able to understand it and learn its systems. We put a ton of ton of effort into that. I,
0: I think that shines through very clearly. It is a game where you can just kind of boot it up. You feel like you know what you're doing if if you're not a huge gamer, uh, especially in a, a genre like this. You know, with the it, it can tend to be a little bit more heady uh, in other games yeah. like a, like an yeah. XCOM. Um this has a great um, ease of access for a lot of people. There's also so much humor and charm in this game, which I love. Uh, even going to the the difficulty setting, I think, is yeah. so wonderful. <laughs> Where did that idea come from? I think it's fun. Well, I think that
1: we, we, we went on a journey um,
0: with the writing
1: for the game. I think at the beginning we thought that it was sort of standard fantasy writing. And then we found out along the way that it wasn't, and that we wanted was, was something a lot more specific. Like, one of my favorite fantasy authors is Terry Pratchett, and Terry Pratchett yeah. writes funny books. They're satire, but they're also books where you care what happens to the characters, and there are important things going on in the world, and he has important things to say about the society and, and human nature. And so um, we always wanted to mix in some humor with the serious you need to do the humor in a way that it doesn't undercut the seriousness of what's going on but i think it's false to say that you can't have a funny story that is also serious and that's that's something that's just important to us as a little creative team i guess
0: Yeah, I'd love to hear that, and I think that that is a lesson for everyone, and a lot of people in Hollywood maybe should hear that lesson, too. Uh, With World Walker now having a hit game and still being a very small studio, um, look, we talked about it earlier, you have the nimbleness of a small studio. There's a lot of benefits to it uh, creatively. But now that you have a hit under your belt, uh, do you look at maybe expanding the studio a little bit more? Do you want to stay small? I think
1: that we want to stay fairly small. Um, and that's just personality thing. Um, for, for me and my wife, Hmm. we're not, um, we're not big company folks. Uh, I, I have an upper limit of like 20 people that I can like deal with intelligently and feel good about. Um, (laughs) so I don't think we're going to get, you know, we're not going to get giant. We don't have ambitions to become giant, but, um, yeah, if we can just tackle little games that we feel passionate about and, and do a great job with them, then I think a small amount of growth might might be appropriate. Uh,
0: talking about you know more content for Wilder Myth, the other question is, do you have ideas outside of Wildermyth Myth uh, at World for other franchises or I can say franchises, other titles, I guess, would be a mm. better word? <laughs> um,
1: yes, we do. Uh, we're not ready to announce anything yet, but mm-hmm. we have a few a few different directions that we might go to. I think whatever we do will. We'll end up keeping um, some of the procedural narrative, or at least, at least in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, we've we've
0: got a few other. Got it. I'm looking out for that robot game that you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Marking my calendar. Uh, awesome, Nate. Thank you so much. Uh, one other question I'm going to ask you, which is very self-serving, because I'm moving to Austin, Texas, very shortly. Oh yeah. And there is, I want to. I don't want to call it a burgeoning game scene because there's been a game scene there for a while, but it's it's popping in a lot of ways, I feel like. And I'm just wondering your thoughts on what is the local game scene in Austin, Texas.
1: Oh, gosh. You know, so the problem is that we have small kids, and so we don't <laughs> really get to participate in it. Um, uh, there's, there's a good one. Yeah, there's... there's um, I think it's mostly up on the north side of town. Unfortunately, we're down on the south. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's a lot of people here. Uh, it's a good community. I know there's a few different meetups and things, so you should check those out.
0: Great. Uh, Well, Nate, thank you very much. The game is Wildermyth. The studio is Worldwalker Games. If you haven't played it, go play it because it is quite the game. It is charming and wonderful and creative, and uh, I just applaud small teams making great games that have such resonance across such a large swath of people. So great job, Nate, really. It's fantastic. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it.
1: Thanks for having me.